Hi, I'm Erica Davis, and this is Communication Generation, the podcast. Well, as we all settle into a brand new normal of social distancing and lockdown, there are a lot of people still out there on the front lines serving our community. One of those groups of people are actually the media. And today we're going to talk around that space of communicating what is going on to the nation from the point of view of someone who works in the media. I'm so glad you're here. Let's communicate. If this is the first time that you've tuned in to this podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. If you've listened to the other episodes as well, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. Well, my name is Erica and as I've said previously, I've worked in the media for around about 20 years or so and I have an absolute passion for communication, not just speaking and getting your point across, but actually human beings communicating with one another, speaking and receiving, making a point but also understanding someone else's. I think there is so much for us all still to learn in this space and I'm excited to explore it. Well, today I'm going to be tackling the coronavirus issue from a slightly different point of view when it comes to communication because I've actually got a great friend that I'm going to interview today around how are the media presenting the facts, the figures, the feel of what is going on around the country. So joining me today is a great friend of mine by the name of Daniel Gibson. Daniel is the weeknight presenter on the Prime 7 Network for News. He has been doing that for a very long time. He also has had a long distinguished career in radio hosting both talkback shows and breakfast shows but I personally had the opportunity to work with Daniel on Channel 7's Sydney Weekender which is the show I was on for 17 years and also Daniel and I together have hosted many charity balls. He is a lot of fun, he has a very big heart and some great insight and I'm very excited to welcome him now. So Daniel thank you so much for helping me out today. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. First question, how are you? How are your family? How are you tracking during this incredible season? <laughs> yeah, look, it's all it's all fine uh, for us. Um, we are so, so blessed. We are super, super lucky. I mean, at the moment, as I speak to you, we both will have our jobs and that's better than mm. uh, heaps of people. And to be isolated where we are, we, we live just outside of Canberra and we moved about 15 years ago from a residential sort of, you know, neighbours on all fences because it was just too noisy to a little 20-acre property, uh, which is 15 minutes out of town. So if uh, if ScoMo says, hey, mate, you can't leave your front yard, we're okay. <laughs> You're doing all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we've got the space. We, we don't have a lot of cabin fever going on. So as I said, we're, we're super, super lucky. That's good to hear. But, you know, Daniel, you do have a job and you obviously have a very important one right now because you are communicating every single day many, many times via being a news anchorman. Tell me, how is that going? What's the feel in the newsroom? And... What does it feel like to be communicating every day to people about what's going on at the moment? Yeah, it's a really funny thing, Erica. It's because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm older or, or a, a generation almost two above the majority of the, of the, of the newsroom. I think when <laughs> recently when we celebrated the big anniversary of Princess Diana, I, my immediate you know response was to look around the newsroom and say, hey, guys, where were you 20 years ago? And some of them went, I was one. Oh, um, no. You know, so... <laughs> So, um, I was at uni. I'm with you. I, I, I yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was interesting just to, to watch how a new generation, if you like, and I'm not trying to be disparaging them, that, but we've got a lot of younger people in the newsroom as journos and producers. Watching how they soak in all of this versus some slightly older mm, heads mm. Um, and then the the fear that they have is slightly different to again, the older heads in the newsroom. And it's not like we've seen this before because clearly we haven't. Mm. But 
there is a sense among the older heads in the newsroom, for want of a better term, that this this could be well, this event that's currently uh, generating, if you like, as much fear as it is, it's in part because it's new and we haven't had this before and there is no vaccine and we're all you know, worried about what this might mean for us and our elderly relatives in particular, etc., and the vulnerable. Mm. But I said to the guys the other day, look, I could, I could turn this coronavirus fear that we've got, I could make anything as fearful as this. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I can't remember a time in my 25 years of doing this where we have recorded mm. and broadcast every new case of the flu, every death every mm. day from the flu, and we just don't. Um, but if I did, and I was on the television every night and the newspapers were full of every new road death and every time someone was shot, assaulted, stabbed across the country in every jurisdiction and then reported every death, which is what we're doing with coronavirus, but mm. we have never done with anything else. Yes, people wouldn't leave their homes. Yes, people wouldn't. People wouldn't ever go to the shops. And it's got me a little bit beast as to why we are doing that with this to the extent that we are. And with that in mind, I'm often trying to find the balance in this. And I'm. I said to the guys the other day, look. We can get on every day and tell people that, yes, there's another case and the infection rate is up or whatever it is. But we also need to give people, I believe, especially in these times, is I'm a big believer in trying to spread some hope yes. rather than fear. Yep. And fear is contagious and I understand that fear sells, but I don't, I don't think it's all that healthy. And I think we actually have a responsibility to do a little better. Yeah, absolutely. So basically what you're saying is that while you still want to present the facts, we can't just dwell on these um, extreme cases, but we also need to sort of bring about the fact that work is being put into finding cures and there have been lots of people who have recovered. So sort of showing both sides of the story? I think we absolutely need to do that, Erica. And I think I think uh, it's not about breeding complacency and people going, oh, no, we're all fine, let's just go back out and breach the yes. isolation rules or whatever. But I think it, it does need some balance around it. Uh, I'll give you an example. The other day, one of the main publications in the country that people pick up every morning and read, they may be doing that less and less these days, but um, the first nine pages, in fact, 10 pages, I think, were deaths overseas, coronavirus, death, 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 mm. death. And on page 11 was an Australian scientist breakthrough that oh. we're actually starting trials and we've found a, you know, potentially found. I thought, why is this buried so far? Yeah, yeah, they should be the, the lead. <laughs> why isn't this on the front page of the paper, you clown? Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a bit of that and, and it's frustrating, I suppose, mm. because, uh, as I said, I, I'd rather if I could, and I, and I can't, I've got the words placed in front of me. Mm. There are news directors yeah. and people above me saying, hey, Kent, this is what you read. Um, I've got minimal input, but if it were me, I'd be trying to find a little bit more yep. positivity and hope in the bulletin if I can. Absolutely. Can I just can I just paint a little picture if I can for a second? I'm a mum. Sure. And so I think when a kid goes to bed at night and they get up and they say, I'm scared, I'm, I need you, it's because they're in the dark, they're alone, mm -hmm. and they've got no one telling them things are going to be okay. And I think sure. while we're all at home at the moment and we're all isolated and we don't have that communal feel we normally do when either we drop our kids at school or we go to certain groups or events or even work, we're all alone, we're all at home, and therefore more now than ever, 
we need people to be spreading that hope quite globally, I would think, because we're not getting that daily, you know, dose of hanging out with our friends and inspiring one another. And it's like that being in the dark thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Look, I completely agree. And this is probably not the the best way to look at it, but I think it, it might make some people feel maybe a little bit better. And it's a really simple maths equation and I might get shot down by immunologists and virologists and doctors and whatever. But, and again, this isn't to breed complacency, but it's just to try and make you feel a little bit better. Because if you listen to your social media feeds and you listen to the radio and you read the papers and the television news every single day, you, you would believe, you would have the right to think that every person is pretty much infected or about to be infected yeah. with this insidious disease. Yeah. It is simply not true. We have about 26 million people, folks, in Australia, and currently there's about 5,000 and a bit cases. If you work that out as a percentage, there is a huge lot of it, folks, that don't have it and are healthy and fine and still live in life, and it's just a shame that so many people now are fearful, less so, I think, in part because of the virus, <laughs> but how they're going to pay their rent and yeah. how they're going to afford school and That's what's right. going to happen with Term 2 and what's going to happen with Term 3. And it's the uncertainty around it, which I think is just is just so hard. I think the government's done an okay job. I think, you know, they're, they're trying to hand out some cash and do some things to make people feel a little bit better. But it's, uh, it's a tricky, tricky time. Yeah. Keeping communication open with your kids. Um, we had a discussion with Sophie coming home. She said, Dad, well, what if you get coronavirus? And mm. I said, well, your dad's fit and strong and he goes to the gym and he cycles and he's a superman. I'm good. <laughs> and she said, what about me? And she said, I said, well, you're a kid and you're super strong and you'll be fine too. No worries, mate. She said, well, what about Dede, which is her par in you yeah. know, Croatian, and who's you know 68 with some comorbidity issues? And I said, well... I said, Dad has been pretty sick before with pneumonia and he fought that off and he's strong too. But the best thing is we can do for the moment is just talk to Dad on the phone. Yeah, stay and make at sure home. Is safe. But he's going to be fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, you just really kind of keep it tricky, as you know. Mm. Um, you know, sort of where's the where does the honesty line stop in terms of scaring them and just keeping communication uh, open. But the big thing I've said to my friends who are really struggling mental health-wise, some of them, is I've said, turn your social media feeds off. There yeah. is so much fake news around the place. Yeah. Go to a trusted news source if you're worried. Go to, you know, the government's health, uh, .com, .gov.au, mm. et cetera. Turn your feeds off. Yeah. Put on some happy music. Put on some, I don't know, cold chisel, midnight oil, <laughs> in excess, do yeah. something. Rock around the house. Have a have a drink if that's your thing. Whatever. Play some games like you guys have been doing with your kids and, yeah. and puzzles and just just reconnect and chill out. And you know what? I actually see a whole heap of that happening, which is, it's a shame that we've had to have this horrific pandemic to, yep. to actually force people back to doing some simpler things and spending time together. But you know what? If it all comes out in the wash, yep. that we're all washing our hands, we're all washing our fruit and vegetables. <laughs> and looking after each other. <laughs> the public transport's the cleanest it's been in 50 years, <laughs> and we all start looking after each other, and that's kind of a good thing, right? Well, you, that is going to be my next question, is like, I know we're going through such a hard time, and like, you're on the front lines, you're reading the news every night, and but you're being very honest about it, which I'm really appreciative of, saying, don't believe everything you're hearing, do your research, turn your social media off, but at the end of this, what would be your hope, if I may ask, for our country, our societies, our communities, what are we supposed to learn from this, do you think? Oh, I think we kind of just touched on it there again. Yeah, yeah. I think that if we if we can come out of this 
you know, there's people that have rediscovered their guitar, mm. the book, a puzzle, their wife. Uh, you know, the, the kids, oh, look, they're, I'm married. They're, yeah, they look, they've looked over and gone, I know you. Um, you know, um, because, because life as we have known it up until even the middle of February was busy. Mm. It's full on, you know, it's kids here, drop off, dinner here. It's, um, yep. I think a lot of us have worked out how much time we actually spend sitting at coffee shops with our friends um, and, and uh, yes. all of those sorts of things and looking on our phones and devices and searching rubbish on the internet and getting into dark holes that just, you know, you wake yep. up and all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. You go, oh, I should probably shut this thing off. That's right, um, yeah. So I think now what I hope is that, well, I think we've all been um, rammed down our throats for good reason to up our hygiene, some mm. people being encouraged, maybe even educated for the first time to how to cough and how to sneeze. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, we wash our fruit and vegetables now. We're thinking about this kind of stuff. Now, if we continue this on, then the common cold and the flu season will be less because mm. we're actually all doing better. Mm. And if we can just maybe appreciate and slow down a little. You know what? I saw Erica the other day at Bunnings. I mean, the toilet paper's been, you know, a massive stock, I think. Yes. Uh, and then alcohol restrictions. And I'm not surprised. There's a correlation between the alcohol restrictions and homeschooling. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> there's, there's, that's, you know, that was a no-brainer. I'm surprised more teachers aren't alcoholics. It's hard teaching. <laughs> it is hard work. Trust me, I'm there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what I saw was vegetable seedlings rocking off the shelves at Bunnings oh, like no tomorrow. yes, that's awesome. So it's forcing people to maybe think about, hey, maybe we could be a bit more sustainable and less reliant on stuff. And yes. So I reckon if we get a bit of that back, that's kind of cool too. Yeah. However, I do fear that some of these people have gone expecting to plant these carrots on Tuesday and have them by Friday. <laughs> that's right, um, cooking them up for dinner. Well, you yeah. know, one of my favourite, I've been really enjoying the memes that are going around as well. Some of them are just oh, very, very clever. And one of them struck a chord which said, in hindsight, I should have had more hobbies than just going out for food. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yep, that's, right. that's it. Yeah. Well, Daniel, yeah, exactly. thank you so much for your honesty and your insights. And I really just want to wish you all the best as you continue to communicate with our nation through reading the news on all the prime networks. You're doing an amazing job, but you're right. I think a lot of us need to get off the social media, stop obsessing over it, start living. And hopefully on the other side of this, our world might just look a little bit better. I'm absolutely with you. Thanks for having me. There we go. Some wonderful insights there from Daniel. So thankful he could join me today. Well, if you'd like to find out any more information about Communication Generation or send me a message, head to communicationgeneration.com.au. Until next time, stay safe and keep communicating with one another.